words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. So we have a topic until the Spirit is poured. Until the Spirit is poured. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were seated. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled. Every person who waited, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't some of them. They were, how many of them were filled? All filled. Every single one of them was filled. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for that which you release to take us on a journey. Thank you for that which you declare over us that goes out like a sound to frame our future. Thank you for the power that remains in your word that everyone who hears it can run in the power of this word. For by this word you guided your apostles that when you had done your assignment on earth, you told them to remain in Jerusalem and to wait for the promise of the Father. And with these and many other encouraging words, you stirred them up and said, when the spirit of truth is come, he will lead and guide them into all truth. He will take that which is of the Father and reveal it to them. So the people of God were to be led forward by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you enacted a new age, the age in which we're in, the age of the Holy Spirit. So we knew that God worked in the past. Jesus worked in the past. But now the Spirit works to reveal Jesus Christ and God the Father. So we yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit this day. And we offer our temple to the Holy Spirit. And we offer our human vessel to the Holy Spirit. And we offer our family to the Holy Spirit. And we offer our church to the Holy Spirit. And we offer our nation to the Holy Spirit. And we offer the kingdoms of this world to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will prevail. And the Holy Spirit will infiltrate. And the Holy Spirit will tear through every barrier and limitation of men and of spirit beings and do the work of God. So Lord, we yield to the Spirit today in the name of Jesus. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I'm yielding to the Spirit. I'm yielding to the Spirit. And we're going to just define the word pour out because we said, until the spirit is poured. What does pour means? It means to flow rapidly into a stream. Like water pouring on the roof. 
You know, like I knew somehow that as I was writing this message, and when I'm going to be teaching it, there will be a water pouring on the roof. I just knew that there was going to be a downpour as we we're speaking. <laughs> I don't like rain on Sunday morning because I know so many people are limited in how to get here. But guess what? There's a rain pouring. There's a rain pouring. It's streaming. It's flowing. It's running through your life. It's gushing through you. It's cascading over you. It's finding its course through your life. If you receive it, say amen. There is a pouring. Isaiah 32, verse 12 to 13. It says, beat your breast for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vines and for the land of my people, overgrown with thorns and briars, even for every house of merriment in this city of reverie. There's no city of reverie in the world like Lagos. Lagos is the party center and no party like a Lagos party. This is the place where someone rents a 40 million Naira hall, buys a $1 million car, drives him, ships it, and does all together a 2 billion Naira birthday bash for his daughter in this town. We are the capital of merriment in the world. Revelry is our thing. Now we shall be past. <laughs> but then Isaiah began to say, Beat your chest for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vines, for the land of my people. A good place is overgrown with thorns. An amazing place is overgrown with weeds. Even the city of reverie is broken through with challenges and problems. Isaiah, the verse 14, the next verse, it says, For the palace will be forsaken and the busy city abandoned. The hill and the watchtower will become caves forever. The delights of wild donkeys and pastures for flocks. In fact, when the city becomes broken down, wild donkeys are not happy to even stay there. And flocks don't go there to eat. This is the picture of Chernobyl. After the nuclear leak, an entire city between Kiev and Russia in the middle point, an entire town, after a nuclear disaster in 1986, I believe, the nuclear reactor leaked. And when it leaked, anyone who was near it burnt alive. So even the people who were supposed to go and clean up the, the lake, many of them died. 
Guess what they wore? They wore metal sheets like iron. Imagine like wearing iron in the front, in your face, in your back, in your spine, especially because the nuclear reactor targets vertebral column. It will break your vertebral column into pieces. When damage enters a city, the city becomes derelict. When dryness breaks through the world, the world becomes broken. When brokenness enters the lives of people, people look good on the outside, but inside they are full of dead bones. So it's not how you look on the outside then. How are you on the inside? What's your inside really like? This was the foundation upon which the topic of today was birth. That the city became broken. That a place for pasture became rubbish. That we read about great nations like Canada. And we read about people running there. And then when they arrive there, the nations implode in them. And we read about great places like Germany. Like we see nations that are respected. Like I was in awe of going to Denmark. The first time I had an opportunity to go to Denmark. And when you arrive, it's so pretty. Every house has a garden. Literally. If anybody no try inside the front of Indomot, you go see flower garden. It's a natural. And when you arrive at the airport, guess how they welcome you? Welcome to wonderful Copenhagen, surrounded by 14 natural lakes. The waters are pure green. And if you are broke, the government pays you $2,000. 1,400 crowns for anyone who is jobless. Who would like to live in that nation? But I found that the depression level in Denmark was the highest in the world. That the highest, they have the highest number of shrinks by the number of population. On the streets, people were falling all day long, drunk, wailing in sorrow in distress so is it beauty outside that you think God is talking about or is it something more touch someone and say something more so sometimes we feel like it's actually about us escaping no power, traffic we think that's actually what it is about but not someone again and say something more. There is something that we are looking for. There is something that when you meet Bill Gates, you would like to give to him. He doesn't need your money. There is something that when you meet, what's the richest man in Nigeria? Dangote. What is he crying for? There is something that you can give to the best people, the successful musicians, the successful politicians, 
the presidents of this world, the leaders who don't need money. There's something you can give to them. There's something bigger than money. There's something that all human beings are on a quest for. There's something that can liberate chains and break the boundaries. What is that thing that stops the movement between dryness in family, in the ministry, in the nation? What is that thing that stops your ground from this advance? What is that thing that stops you from moving from prosperity into adversity? What is that thing that stops you in your soul from advancing from a place where you're well to a place where you're broken? What is that element? What is that elixir? What is that thing in the lives of people? What is that resource? What is that supply? What is that elixir? What is that thing that we are all looking for. That's when verse 15 comes up. Let's read this together. One, two, go. I can't hear you guys. Then the desert will be an orchard and the orchard will be like a forest. When the Spirit comes, when the Spirit of the living God comes, when the Spirit of the Lord comes, it will not be the same again. Ah, when the Spirit of the Lord is poured out, you will not be casual about your faith again. When the Spirit of the Lord comes, you will not be in a holy atmosphere and be unable to reach out to God. When the Spirit of God comes, you will not sit in church and be lost on your IG. When the Spirit comes, you will not be able to function as you used to. Something else will weigh heavy on your natural senses. Something else will inebriate you. Something else will fill you up and take you over. Something else, something deeper, someone orchestrating something on your inside. Ikotu salamaritosaya Mendo saliko shena malitosaya why am I a bad husband? There is no outpouring. Why am I a bad businessman? There is no outpouring. Why am I broken? There is no outpouring. Why can't I feel God? There is no outpouring. Why can't I go forward? There is no outpouring. Why can't I break through? There is no outpouring. Why can't I remove the boundaries of limitations in my life? There is no outpouring. For when the Spirit comes, 
when the Spirit comes, when the Spirit comes, when the Spirit comes, when the power of God comes, when the glory of God fills your life, when the Spirit of God comes into the room where you live, when the atmosphere of God comes, then justice will inhabit the wilderness and righteousness will dwell in the fertile field the walk of righteousness will be peace and the service of the righteousness will be quiet confidence forever hallelujah let's take a minute to continue Holy Spirit break somebody's walls down this morning Holy Spirit some people here have limitation they can't enter they, they can't enter into the spirit place Lord break their walls down break their walls down this morning break some walls down spirit of the living God invade some lives this morning spirit of the living God this is your meeting this is your meeting spirit of God take over we don't have an agenda for today you are our agenda take over pour out your spirit pour out your spirit pour out your spirit Father, someone has been sitting in a dry place for too long. This is a time of liberty. Father, someone has sitting without oil for too long. This is a time for your oil to break in. Father, someone has been broken for too long. This is a time for chains to break. Chains to break. Chains to break. At the pouring out of your spirit. Chains to break. Oh, Father. All of heaven rose your name. This place erupts with blaze. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching us. Our Father, all of heaven rose your name. Sing louder. Let this praise erupt with praise.
Hallelujah. We declare the glory of God. We declare the outpouring in someone's life today. The Spirit has been given. The Spirit has been given. The chains don't need to be yours anymore. In the name of Jesus Christ, we break the chains. We break those chains. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please sit down. Let's try and finish. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Thank you for invading someone's life. Thank you for breaking down someone's wall. Thank you for changing our program. We don't care about our program. We care about you. How many of you left your house and you came to a program or you want to meet with God? You want to meet with God? Raise up your hand. You came here to meet with God. So let's do that. Let's focus on that. If you came here to meet with God, let's throw away everything else and let your focus shift one more time to the Lord. Let's pray in the Spirit one more time. Ibanus takalito zakaya nomo labari kosadobre namasaya dikeya ekotomo niso libra zonema indaya kabo lakosiketomo dise libre nostaba yekasana da 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 yekosile pronostomo kusa ekaya nambre kotosa libre nosta ekaya nosto libre kosina lemari kabo thank you father god we receive grace we unstop somebody's well today we break up the dry altar of someone today we break up the fallow ground of someone's life today we break up the dry altar of someone today. We pour the grace of God upon someone who has never had God before. We release the life of God upon someone today. We open divine eyes today. We open divine eyes today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What changed? This timid man were lying low, keeping a low profile. They didn't want anyone to see them. They didn't want anyone to identify them. They were like, let's let them not see us. That's where they were. Remember that Peter just denied Christ. The same guy who denied Christ a few days ago. The movement seemed like a total failure. When Jesus died, there was no one left following him. No one was following him. It seemed like this movement had ended. Peter was the only one following him from behind. They asked him, are you one of them? He said, I swear to God, I don't know him. What kind of movement will you call it if it was your people that no one followed you? These were the same guys. Then something came into the room. Someone came into the room. The Holy Spirit came into the room and they shifted. They shifted. The outpouring happened. 
These same men became world changers. They traveled everywhere. They were killed. They didn't care. They didn't care. Paul, they didn't care. Peter, they didn't care. Peter, James was the first to be beheaded. James was beheaded by Herod. James didn't care. Peter was arrested also. And the church began to pray. And when the church began to pray, God broke open the prison literally. Why? Say outpouring. When the church is awake in the spirit, nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. We've been seeing the miraculous, but there is yet another level. There is yet another wave of outpouring coming. There's yet another level of grace that God is planning to release. There's yet another level of life that God wants to bring about. Outpouring. These apostles changed. Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 28 to 29. Let's read this together. Then they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back from their land and left none of them captive any longer. I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord. Say amen. I don't know what captivity has held you. I don't know what habit has held you. I don't know what way the devil has broken into your world. I don't know, but today is a day of liberation. If you believe this, say amen. To the day, today is a day when chains are being broken. Amen. And how does he break chains? By pouring out his spirit. Hallelujah. This weekend I was teaching, teaching Joseph and Daniels about the purpose of spiritual encounters. And I brought four reasons why God brings outpouring. Number one, to build the kingdom. Number two, to redeem and restore. Number three, to cover the earth with glory. And number four, let's, let's just take these scriptures real quick. Let's run through them. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judah and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What was John's message? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. What was the message of Jesus Christ? The gospel of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is here. When God begins to pour out his spirit, it's not for many of the things we think it is. It's to establish his kingdom. It's, and what's a kingdom? It's the territory of a king. Is the place where the word of the king carries power. So whenever you see God coming out to do anything, what he has in mind is to build himself a territory on earth where his word 
carried power. And I was explaining to them that before now, we would think that a territory must have land mass and have a physical king. Yeah? But Al-Qaeda taught us that territories don't need land mass and they don't need a king because Osama bin Laden was killed. And once Osama bin Laden was killed, what happened to Al-Qaeda? He had 100 leaders. And all the leaders are what? Generally unknown. But is there a kingdom there or not? And guys left their countries, traveled to America, joined flight school. And they were training as pilots. Guys were in FBI as agents of the federal government. Training as security agents. But they were they American. They were Al-Qaeda. Until 9-11 came. Then these guys who trained as commercial jet pilots showed up in a plane to fly the plane into the Twin Towers. He was in America, but America was not in him. That is the kingdom of God. We're in the world, but the world is not in us. We carry another ideology. The kingdom of God is no more a location. The kingdom of God now is in the hearts of those who believe. In every place, in every space where men live who carry the ideology of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is real to them. From the days of Al-Qaeda, we began to understand that the kingdom of God is locationless. And Jesus said it, the time is coming when neither in Jerusalem will you worship God. For God is, oh my God, you guys are not here this morning. For God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Carry the ideology of heaven. Receive the mindset of God. Receive the thinking pattern of the kingdom of God. Open your heart to the idea of God. Jesus came to expose an idea and to unlock a way of thinking. And everyone who carries this way of thinking enlists into the kingdom, connects into the kingdom. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is here. That's why he pours out his spirit to establish his kingdom. Number two, to redeem and to restore. In Luke chapter 19, verse 9 to 10, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Why does he pour out his spirit? Said to save man. Touch someone and said, He pours out his spirit to save man. He wants to redeem and to save. Do you know sometimes when we have prophetic gifts, we think our prophetic gifts to oppress people and to call them out in public. No, he came to redeem and to restore. Every prophecy must be designed, must be 
curated by God to set someone free. Every word you release must be for breaking chains. It must be for getting people's eyes to look at God again. It must be to unveil the eyes of the blind so they can see the glory of God. Why does he pour out his spirit? It's for the people of the world to be able to express him. Imagine if God is not here. Imagine if people cannot sense him. Imagine if they cannot know what he is like. But when the spirit comes upon you and you declare things that you are not supposed to know, all of a sudden the people will wake up and their eyes will pop and they will know that God is with you. That's why he gives his spirit. And when they know God is with you, then what happens? He redeems them from their loss. He breaks the chains around them. That's why the Spirit is given. The Spirit is given to redeem and to restore that which was lost. Reason number three. It says, For all the earth will be filled with knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The Spirit of God is given for density. Say density. Say weightiness. The Spirit of God is given for command and control. God will show. Today the earth is regnant again. Everybody's doing all sorts. Everybody's doing what they like in the world. It's not always going to be like that. <laughs> it's not always going to be everybody doing their own. It says for Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 13. It says chapter 2. This is actually not 115. Habakkuk is 214. That says, it says all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How does the water cover the sea? Evenly, right? But also weightily. Say weightily. I don't know if that's an English word, but say it again. Say weightily. weightily. It has density. It has mass. So these guys, in this ocean titan, they tried to explore to the Titanic. And two months ago, it imploded. You know what implode means? It's crushed inside and crushed itself to pieces. Why? Pressure. The weight of the water. If you go deeper in the earth, the weight of the water will crush your intestines. You, go more, you cannot even go more than 50 feet. 100 feet is too much for you. 100 feet. Your intestines will come out of your mouth. The pressure. It's a pressure. That's how the waters cover the sea. Weightily. Then there is a place. I was talking to the prayer team yesterday. I was telling them about the Heidel zone. When you go one kilometer into the ground, guess how much of the earth's waters scientists have explored? Less than 10%. 90% of what's in the water, we don't know. You know, the earth is 75% water, 25% land. That's why I hate it when scientists try to conclude. You haven't seen it. How do you know? Why don't you judge what you know and we use what we know to navigate the world? You are extrapolating for what we don't know. Since the days of the Hubble's telescope, we're able to see the Milky Way more clearly. We see the starry dust of other planets. Nobody knows whether there is life on another planet. We don't know. We don't know. Say, wait. One day, God will 
uncover his hand from this casual knowledge we have. <laughs> and God prepares the people for that weightiness by the outpouring of his spirit. He begins to prepare you to receive him. Moses says, Lord, show me your glory. God says, like, if you see me, ah, you will disintegrate. So God covered him behind the rock. God covered him behind the rock and allowed his backside to pass. <laughs> so that's the Moses who God says he knew him face to face. He was the one who came closest to knowing God. And yet he never saw God face to face. There's more. Preach to someone this morning. Say, my brother, my sister. Shake them and say, my brother, my sister. There's more. Tell them again. Say, there's more. There are some things you don't know yet. There are some realms you haven't uncovered yet. There are some depths you haven't entered into yet. There are some, there are some levels you haven't pressed into yet. There's more. There's more, there's more, there's more. That much more in God, God unlocks by the Spirit. It says ourselves, we cannot understand the things that are in God, but God reveals these things to us through His Spirit. The Holy Spirit fellowships with our spirit and we see the weightiness of God. Finally, God wants to make ready a people prepared for Him. This is Luke Chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. He will go in the he go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the disobedience to the wisdom of the righteous, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why God is pouring out his spirit. On the contrary, what is religion? Today, we're going to do baptism after church. We're baptizing six people. But I, I decided I wasn't going to baptize people casually. I have to pass them through classes. We have to sit down and talk, what is baptism? Because religion is to baptize yourself without internal change. Religion is to speak in tongues, but your character is smelling. Religion is for you to be the one who's speaking tongue more than everybody in your office, but you are so wicked. That's religion. Because isn't the word of God that is flowing on the inside of you designed to change you? Isn't designed to make you better in character? So when you do spiritual things without changing character, you are religious. You can fast and pray more than everybody. Small thing, you're going to retreat. If they touch you small, it's like your whole body is full of sore. Touch you small. Ow! Step on you a little bit. Why did you shout on me? Just a little. It was a mistake. Can't you hold joy? Go in. Like, where's the peace of God in your life? Religion is for you not to have the character of God. Religion is communion without repentance. We gather at the Lord's table. You're having communion. But there's no change of heart. Religion is dry altars without personal prayer. 
There's always many prayer altars online where you gather and say, Amen, 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 two million times. Where is your personal altar? Where is your word to God? Where is your voice in the Spirit? So when you are following altars blindly without personal altar, that's religion. Because you're called to what? A relationship. Religion is discipleship training without impartation. I never want to train people who I can't see. I never want to train people who I can't feel. I don't want to train some amorphous people in the sky. No, I don't want. Give me five people. Let them sit. I give you one, one bread. I see how you do with the bread. I break it into two. I want to see you grow. Discipleship is different from mentorship. Tommy Arayomi said. Mentorship is, how do you say? Mentorship is from afar. Discipleship is you come and follow me. Presence. Discipleship without impartation is not real. How many of you are following people and calling them your mentors? They're not really your mentors. You don't really know them. They don't know you. You're not really open to them. You are the boss of everything. You're controlling every narrative. You're not really submitted to nobody. You're out of control. So you're not being discipled. Jesus said, a teacher, a student is never greater than his teacher. When you submit to be taught, that is actually when you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Because if you already entered a conclusion position, you cannot be taught. The outpouring is internal change. The outpouring is remembrance. The outpouring is when Christ is exalted. The outpouring is when you go back to your personal life and even in your group, there's a prayer fire rising. The outpouring is when your impartation, when your teaching is expanding impartation. The outpouring is everywhere with a burning inferno from God. So let's activate this outpouring today. Let's open our hearts to God today. Let's ask for this outpouring. How does the outpouring happen? God gives it. God chooses the day and the time. God watches the people who are ready for him. God is even looking for people who are going to gather and say, Lord, we are ready. Can Ecclesia Hills be that place where we are saying, God, we are ready for the outpouring? Can we be those people who will say, Lord, we are ready? That's actually all we can really ask. The pouring out is God who will do it. It's God who will do it. He will choose the date. But we we'll keep on being ready. We keep on asking. You heard the disciples say, we've been asking. We've been waiting. God wants to see your quest. He wants to see the desire inside of you. Like you want more of Him.
like you want to know the reality of who he is so pray this word pray this word say lord i have a hunger to return home i have a hunger to return home i want you oh god to bring fresh wood on my ashy altars my altars today is full of ash lord bring fresh fire let the fire begin again let the fire begin again lord i weep for your heritage lord accelerate your work in my day lord speed up your work in my day lord speak up Lord, speak up, speed up your work in my day. Lord, speak up your word in my day. Accelerate, increase the temple of what you're doing, oh God. Oh Lord, help us, oh God, to be more like your people. Lord, help us more to be more like you. Lord, help us more. Help us, oh God. I have a hunger. Lord, I pick up a hunger. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. Hallelujah. Amen. One day, I was leading a prayer vigil. It was after a discipleship training course. I scheduled a prayer vigil. And... It was 10 p.m. was supposed to start the vigil. By 10 p.m., one person had come. We were like a class of 30. Only one person showed up. I said, Lord, I must be super boring. I was agonizing. Then, then after 30 minutes, the second person came at 10.30. So I was just telling them that, okay, let's go home. Then guess what one of the persons says? Pastor Mo, why don't we just pray? There are three of us here. As we started praying, a fourth person came. When we prayed in that room, angels came to join us. We couldn't stop. So at 10.30, we were not done by 7 a.m. We were fired up. Eight hours, nine hours we were going on praying in tongues. Do you know what you need? Outpouring. You know why your meetings are dry? No flow. Are you really hungry for God? Do you really want Him? I feel today that there's some people here who used to know God before in uni days, but now that fire is lost. Today, God is keen to restore that fire. But do you want? Do you want this outpouring? Do you desire? Let's ask God. God, pour out your spirit. I'm hungry for more. I'm tired of the ordinary. I'm tired of praying and not knowing whether you heard me. I'm tired of dry altars. I'm tired of waking up without words. 
I'm tired of the Bible tasting like sawdust. Today, revive me again. Revive me again. Oh God, renew my altar. Accelerate your work in my day. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.